Um, man, I was processing with Nicole what to speak on today, so I'm thankful I went this route because it's going to be super short and sweet. Um, basically, she's like, well, you could speak on honor and why we take such a big chunk of our service to honor the pastors and, and do that. And, and I was like, I'm just not feeling that. Um, I was like, here's what I'm feeling about midweek. And, <clears throat> and she's like, um, yeah, that. So I, I basically just, just had this vision and, and just had this thing that we'll talk about a little bit later. But just honestly, it became a piggyback off of last week with Adam Vaughn, our, our dear friend who's living in Tennessee right now by way of missionary from Costa Rica. And he talked about a couple verses, and we're going to kind of just pick up one of the ones he mentioned. And he talked about loving your neighbors yourself. He talked about the heart of God and compassion, and Jesus was moved with compassion. So through the week, I was at this fire convention, this fire expo, top chiefs of the nation coming in, speaking on things. And I was there all week in Columbus and uh, just growing as a firefighter and a leader at the fire department. And man, I, I just had it on my heart, like thinking guys in our department, guys in our organization, like how are they? And then I, I, I kind of translate a lot of what I learned there and, and to here as well. And I just had this vision. And, and you know, we come in here day, day in, day out. We come in through small groups. We come in on Sundays. But do we really know how the person is next to us? You know, we can work through a whole career and never ask how that person at Cubicle is next to us and really mean it. And I was walking in the expo center and, and some guy's like, hey, welcome, how are you? And I was like, good, just kept walking. And then I came all the way back. And I was like, I I'm good, but how are you? And just had this exchange and just like genuinely like, I don't want to be that guy. It's just like, hi, hi. You know, our autonomic response is just fine or good or hello. And then we really don't give a time of day to what the actual question is or the person or exchange that, that question in return. So today, that's, that's kind of my heart is just like, I mean, we're a family, but do we really know how each other is? Let, let me just say this. We're all in the midst of a story. We're all in process. We're all going through stuff. We're all going through things. I, I look out and I see new grandmas and grandpas here. I see new parents. I see, I see things. There's financial struggles. There's, there's, there's relationship things. There's family things going on. There's things around our world that irritate us, right? There's heaviness that, that can weigh us down. There's job situations that can just become simply pressure. There's kid situations. There's life. There's longing for a child. There's longing for, for a husband or a wife or, or longing for a relationship. And we come in here and we worship Jesus, which is the ultimate thing we want to do. It's not about us. Church isn't about us. But it's about him. And then it becomes about each other. And, and that's the reality is like, how are we? And, and do we really care enough? And do we have that compassion that, that, that hopefully Adam provoked us with a little bit last week, at least to care about each other and ask? Because if we're not asking in here, are we asking out there? Are you asking your coworker how they really are? So, so that's just kind of my conviction today. And I, I just want to uh, just read Luke 10. Now I'm going to call Nicole back up here in just a moment. Luke 10. I'm really just going to piggyback off of the, the, the verse that was mentioned, but I'm going to read it formally. I know he just referenced it last week. But Luke 10, they're kind of trying to trick Jesus. What's the greatest commandment? And these are Pharisees, Sadducees. They're, they're, they're experts in the law, right? Jesus came to fulfill and redeem the law, right? So, so here he is, and they're trying to trick him. Well, what's the greatest? And they really wanted to pick one of the Ten Commandments. And here was his response, and it references what, what Adam referenced last week. One day, an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must, is there something going on? 
Sorry. Oh, I thought I was in the wrong chapter or something. Like, did I say it wrong? Luke 10. Um, so Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. And then this is what Adam referenced. And love your neighbor as yourself. And it says, right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And here's the parable. So, so after Jesus sums up the law, sums up the commandments, sums it up, says, love God with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself, he then goes to this story. He shares this parable. Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when, they, when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side and, of the road and passed him by. Now, I find this interesting. So it's a Jewish man, so let's get that straight because we're about to get to a part that actually is kind of like a racial or some, a, a really big division among the community of Jews and, and Samaritans. Then you go to this next person. It says, and, and a temple assistant walked over, looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. And there was that word that Adam referenced last week, compassion. And, 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 and literally, he gave some of that translation last week, like moved to the point where it moved his heart. Compassion to the point where he actually did something about it. He was intentional. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine. We'll get back to that. And bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. The one who showed him mercy. It says, then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. I, I, I love that story, and there's a few things I want to highlight. First of all, there was a Samaritan that would be looked down upon. There was this big divide in that culture. So Jesus is sharing this story to the experts of the law and experts of that time to say, like, I'm bridging this into unity, and this is not a racial thing. I find that really cool. Like, it doesn't matter what your background is, what your upbringing is, what your color is. Like, like this is the man that helped him, and he showed him mercy. And I find it really interesting that he used two things to bandage his wound. He used oil, which is what they would anoint priests with, and then he used wine, which is what gathered him at the table to remember Christ's blood. There's something that draws us together that is beyond the physical wound. It's, it's the Christ compelling us with compassion to do something and bring us to the anointing oil of who God called us to be, as well as bringing us to the table in communion to remember Christ. And then there was follow-up. It wasn't just, hey, yeah, fix him up, and then maybe the next person will take care of it. No, he, he took the intentionality, took him to an inn, paid for it, and said, if it's anything beyond that, I'll come back and pay more. It was that follow-up and care, and this is the story that Jesus is referencing, proving how to love your neighbors yourself. Let me, let me just drop one more on you. In, in Matthew 25, it says this. A while ago, I, I preached a message, um, and it was, I, I really focused on Philippians 2. In, in the verse 3, it basically says, be interested in the lives of others. Think of others as better than yourself. Humble yourself. Care about others. Check on others. So we get to Matthew 25, 
It says, but when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous ones will reply, Lord, when do we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When do we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And this is what Jesus replies. And the king will say, I tell you the truth, what you did to the one of the least of these, you did to me. And then it goes through the whole thing to the ones and the goats on his left. And it's like, you didn't feed me when I was hungry. You didn't. And he's like, how did we, how did we know that was you? And he's like, you didn't do it to any of them, so you didn't do it to me, essentially. It's the same thing. And, and it's like, man, when's the last time you checked on somebody because you didn't see them here? We assume they might be watching online or like we're supposed to be this family, right? We're supposed to care about each other. And if I have access, I'm supposed to give to those in lack. If I think of somebody, I'm supposed to check on them. That's the heart of Jesus. And I just have this compelling thing that maybe there's some heaviness here today. Maybe there's something that somebody's going through. There's a time I came in here with suicidal thoughts years ago. And then we went after that, knowing that that was probably attack of the enemy. And we said, show of hands, who's, who's maybe thinking about taking your life or going through depression or going through some really heavy things right now. And I can't tell you how many people raised their hand that day. And we prayed for them. You never know what's going on. One last verse in Galatians 6, 2, it says this, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. In the gospel, it always talks about, like, he'll give us rest, that his yoke is light, his ways and his burdens are easy, right? We cast them onto him, but some people need to know this. Some people need to know, like, man, we can just cast it on Jesus. He'll wear it for us. He'll carry this for us. But that yoke was, was for two, right? That, the oxen was for multiple to pull together, to keep them in unity going together. And he's wearing that with us, going with us. And sometimes I think people just need to be reminded, like, Jesus has got this. So I'm titling the message today, really, How Are You? I'm going to ask my wife to come and, and maybe somebody on the keys. She oftentimes says, we, we joke around in our house and we talk about the word fine. How are you? Fine. And anytime one of the girls or somebody answers it, we say, oh, feelings I'm not expressing. That's what it stands for because our typical off-color, like off-the-remark, autonomic response is, I'm fine or good. Like, really, though? Are you good? I've been to funerals before. I'm like, how are you doing? Good. We're good. We're hanging in there. Really, are you? You're not. You're really not. You're just not wanting to open up right now. And I get that. But there's this other part to this vulnerability. It's not just on the person that needs to ask, how is somebody doing or how are you or checking in. It's also like it's us as a family to reach out and say, I need help. Had that happen over the weekend. Okay, awesome. I'm so proud of you for doing the biggest thing that you could ever do and actually reach out for help and say and be vulnerable and be real. I remember when, when um, 
Bruce and Catherine lost their son. Bruce, how are you? Kind of saying, no, really, what are your, my follow-up question was, what are your raw emotions? And, and honestly, I, I don't want to put this in there, but I think he used some, like, pretty explicit, like, real language. Not, like, bad cuss words, but I think it was like, I'm pissed. We've done this before. Like, that's real. Like, Jesus knows where your heart is. He knows where your thoughts are. He knows, he knows where you are already. It's so powerful to be real with him. And the Bible says, confess your sins one to another. That's not so that we can dictate and control you and use that against you. No, it's because confess your sins one to another brother or sister or friend or an advocate for me who's actually going to be loving and show me mercy because I was hungry and he fed me. I'm just getting real. I have no idea why. We've got to move beyond ourselves in this world of chaos that we're living in. We've got to move beyond ourselves and our own agendas and the stuff we just scroll on. Listen, we're getting programmed just to do this. That's real. We're getting programmed just to continue this. Stop and engage. What? <laughs> We're being taught by nature, by, by, by culture, just to put on a facade and throw up the best picture. But the reality is what's really behind that picture? What's behind that marriage? What's behind that home? What's the, what are people journeying through right now? And you're never going to know if you don't ask. I had this vision where this is where the whole thing came from. I, I was in class this week, and I saw each of you wrapping arms around each other and just asking each other how you are. So big and depressing, the Lord, okay, that's awesome, we can just do that. And then he gave me the Good Samaritan story and I thought I'd just at least give some foundation to it. That's the vision and I said, Nicole, help me orchestrate, like help me facilitate this. Because the vision is simply like, I feel like the Lord's calling us to go deeper with one another. The confess your sins one to another is, is accountability, but it's, it's love. It's mercy, it's grace. It's like, okay, now I know what you're going through. Now I can pray for you. Now I can hold your arms up like Aaron and Moses and Ur. Like, like there's that time where we get to lift one another up instead of just, it's not always the hoorah. There's some real junk people go through and real emotions and real stuff. And I don't know what people are going through right now. And it wasn't spun from that. It was just literally I had this vision as if it were a picture of people wrapping their arms around one another in here and praying for each other and asking, really, how are you? So have you ever heard anybody say, like when they say fine, and, and even there's, like it's become such a thing that it's like there's t-shirts you can buy, I'm fine, it's fine, everything's fine. And a while back I shared with you something that someone told me about the, what fine stands for. Feelings I'm not expressing. And it's just such a cop-out answer. And, and then we just say, eh, it's fine. And then we just take it on as if that's how like, we're supposed to continue on in life. And that's such a lie and a tactic from the devil. And so um, I think as we do this, like one thing I would, I would say to take it even one step further and is that it is comfortable to be vulnerable with someone who's super, super close to us. And so there is, and that's okay if that's who you feel most comfortable with, like as we do this, this opportunity time, but also there's something that's really super powerful about connecting with someone who maybe looks like a mentor to you or someone that you look up to or someone that you think, if I share this with them, I wonder if they have spiritual insight into it. And so 
moving beyond just like the person sitting next to you and who's comfortable for you and, and actually taking it to the next level of vulnerability and transparency. Can, can I share one more story, Chloe? Is it okay if I share a story involving you? <laughs> I was alone all week, so I'm probably more sappy and like emotional, but I took the girls in yesterday. I repented. Um, last week, and we've been talking to the girls about loving on the, the, the ones that are the down and outers or, or those that are um, maybe not connected in. And we saw a picture at, at youth group where there was like this group of kids eating pizza and then there's this group of kids that, that weren't. And, and then yes, last week I saw where like the high school group moved upstairs and they, they went upstairs and I saw there were still high schoolers in the room that were newer here. And, and I get on the way home, I'm like, because we'd already had a conversation about making sure we include people, right? And... And uh, I get on the way home, Chloe's like, I was like getting on them, like, hey, there's people left out. Like, calm down, check on them. Maybe they didn't hear the announcement. Maybe they don't know. Maybe they don't want to go up alone because they don't know anybody. And uh, Chloe's like, it's not my job. I was like, it is your job. You're a believer of Jesus. People are going to hell. It is your job, you know. And I start, I lose it because of the seriousness, knowing that people may go to hell without knowing Jesus. But then, through the week, so I'm just sharing my heart today. That can't be my conviction of them. That's just dogma and rules. It has to come from the Lord to have that heart. I want to provoke that in you. I want to, I want to bring that to our attention that the ones that are unloved, I want them to feel loved. The ones that are being left out, I want them included. I don't want clicks. I, you know, that's a thing among our church, among my family, among youth group, whatever it is. Like, but I can only provoke that and encourage you and share with you what the gospel says. But the true conviction to have a heart for others and have a heart for the hurting and a heart for the loss and a heart for anybody beyond yourself has to come from the Holy Spirit and the Lord. That's what I want your prayer to be today. Not that, oh, we're going to do this thing because Aaron had a vision and Nicole said, go find somebody I don't know. No, I want us first to pray for the heart of God. I heard this amazing story recently about somebody who just said they want the heart of God and this crazy transformation happened. It's amazing when we begin to pray, give us the heart of you, Lord. I want your heart. I want, I want to feel, I want you. I want to see with your eyes. I want to see from heaven. That's, that's where I want us to start today. And then, as you see out in the room, I just want you to go ask, how are you? And then I want you to follow up, no, really, how are you? As if you really care. And I want that to be the heart of God, though. I don't want this to be some, some system of rules and forcing people to, to go out of their comfort zone. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, when you're, when you're an introvert, it's really hard. When you're busy, it's hard. When you have other things to do, it's hard. When you gotta get in and out of that grocery store to go pick up somebody from school, yeah, it's hard. But Jesus, man, this is a real deal. One of the stats I saw, I, I gotta stop. One of the stats I saw, we, we, and I'm sure it's the same in the police industry, Nick and Tiana, Tiana's very, has a big heart for uh, healthy first responders and mental health and emotional health and all that stuff. You, you know what I saw this week? That we have more firefighters dying from suicide than any other cause on this planet right now. More than trauma, more than cardiac arrest, more than stroke, and I'm sure it's probably the same in the police world. That's wrong. People have been exposed to crap. 
And that's their best option. That's their first hope. We've got to change this. I'm not just talking firefighters, I'm talking life. I'm talking teenagers. I had a training from children's that they've had as young as eight-year-olds killing themselves. And we've got to, we've got to make a difference, guys. This is life and death stuff. This is heaven or hell stuff, and there's people in this room that are going through something. There's people in this room that are maybe going through some medical testing for some stuff right now, that are going through some mess, that are going through some struggles, going through some hardship, going through some fears and some concerns or worries, and I'm telling you, this is a real deal. We don't play church here. We are the church. So why don't you stand with me? All right, we're just going to pray first. I want you to ask for the heart of God. I took each of my girls yesterday and I said, I'm sorry for putting that pressure on you. This is not your pressure. I don't want you to not look forward to going to church because dad's going to get on you for not doing something. You serve if you want to serve. You, you reach out to people if you want to. But that's only if it's the heart of God. And only if God convicts you of that. I, I don't want to... I want to do this. It's not who I am. You're free people. You're children of God. You're, you're sons and daughters of the most living, most radical, most loving, kind God and Father that there ever was. And let me just tell you, I don't need to do anything because you're free in Him. You're not my people. You're the Lord's cherished, beloved children. And when we get His heart, we begin to do things and get moved with compassion to feed the hungry, to visit the sick, to heal the sick, to clothe those who are naked, to visit those who are in prison. We get that heart. Went all the way to Florida to visit a guy in prison once. It wasn't because I wanted to or my flesh wanted to. It's because I had the heart of God. This is the heart of God. It compels you to do things that you'd never do on your own. That's how we want it. I want to go beyond my limits. So, Lord, we just ask for your heart. We ask for the heart of God right now. Like David, let us be a man and woman after your heart, Jesus. We ask for your heart, Lord. Compel us to do things with compassion and empathy, Lord, to actually care and go beyond ourselves and to humble ourselves and think as others is greater than us, Lord, and to be interested in others' lives, to bring you glory, Jesus, to bring your hope to them, to bring your love, to bring your mercy, to bring your grace, to bring your salvation, Jesus. Lord, those who are hurting and lost and, and brokenhearted and, 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 and just down and out, God, I ask right now that you send the messengers, that you send us. Who will go? Send us, God. We don't have to know scripture or we don't have to be able to quote or be, go to seminary, God. Let us bring you, Jesus. Let us bring our story in you. Jesus, give us a hunger for your heart. Let no one here be left behind. Let us pack out heaven. Let us bring you glory, Jesus, in the midst. So if we ask for your heart, we ask for your heart, Jesus. Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Just move beyond ourselves. Let us not be afraid to invite people to our home or around the table. Let us not... be willing to sacrifice time to reach somebody. Just take a moment right now in your own way. Just ask for his heart. If you 
like God's breathing on this right now. He's just pouring out his heart right now. His eyes, his vision, his sight, heaven's realm of seeing things and situations and people. We may not understand it, but there's hurt. There's things that cause these things that frustrate us. There's roots. There's things that that the Lord is wanting to expose and heal and deal with. about 30 seconds I want you to look around the room and I want you to find somebody that catches your eye and I'd prefer women with men women men with men I prefer you not be with your spouse or a sibling unless like the Lord's like totally on it I want us to be a little uncomfortable here and 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 here's the deal let me just say this right now whatever is said in this circle of trust stays here you're going to contend for some things right now with you and the Lord. And this is not a time to go tell your friends at lunch today or tell your friend or tell that person or hold it against them in any way. Maybe a guy is in here who's addicted to pornography and he's going to share that. Yeah, that's not to go anywhere else but unto the Lord. Okay? Maybe there's some marriage problems. Well, now you're going to know and maybe link them to some help and some resources. Okay? This is a, this is a confidential circle right now what's about to happen. And we will never be vulnerable if we can't trust that person. And how dare you ever share that with anybody else? That's gossip. It's a sin. The Lord can't tolerate it. There is not freedom when that safety zone is not there. So that's the first thing. The second thing is be real. Once you know you're safe, be real. Be vulnerable. What are you really going through? How really are you? So I'm going to give you about five minutes here to share and contend and, and to encourage and comfort and prophesy and just, just be there for one another. Listen, you are not alone. I think that's the big thing here. You're not alone. You're not alone. We love you. Jesus loves you. I was driving yesterday to Ansoni and this simple sign says from a church, it said, God loves you and we love you. What a great message on a sign of a, of a church. God loves you and we love you. So take about 30 seconds and just look around. Go to somebody. Get uncomfortable. Go to somebody. Nobody is left alone here. Nobody's left alone. It's okay if it's two, three, maybe no more than four. Youth find youth. Youth find youth. 